I've been hearing from so many people this question. What is the church now? Now that we don't meet or see each other uh, or gather in the same building, what does it even mean to be part of one church versus another online church versus I kind of don't really go to church anymore because what does it even mean to go to church? What is the church is the subject that we will be diving into this week on our podcasts. Welcome, everybody. Grace and peace to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is Tuesday, October 20th. My name is Matt, and I get to be here with Jessica. Hey, Jessica. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, Dave. Hey. And uh, yeah, as Dave said, we are are focused on this question that we've been getting a lot as uh, staff people at our church, pastors, ministers, and um, just doing our best to speak into that, like, because it's a confusing question right now. What is the church? And honestly, it's frustrating. Sometimes people <laughs> yes. ask me, are you kidding me? This is the, but I get it. Cause I actually asked the church two weeks into COVID like, oh yeah, what, what is, is the church? Yes. Yes. And now, you know, not two weeks in anymore. Now, we're, you know, seven months in, it's still the question on yep. our minds. So, I mean, let's get into it. And, and Dave, I love how you set it up because I've also had some conversations with people where it's just like uh, the idea of being a member of a church or attending a church right yeah. now. Like that's often the way that we think about church is it's a organization that I, uh, I attend. It's a, it's a gathering that I attend or something like that. Right. And, uh, the, the deck got completely shuffled in yeah, 2020. People t- email me or Instagram me or text me. Yeah. like, hey, I go to your church now. I, I'm like, do I do you? Dude. What does that even mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I don't live in your city, but I go to your church now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't think it works that way. <laughs> totally. If I DM myself, yeah. if I DM the pastor, I am therefore a yeah. member of the church. Like, I don't know if I'm responsible for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jessica, have you been hearing this? Yeah, I mean, I just get questions. They're like... Are you guys still meeting? Oh wait, what's gonna happen? It's just all those kind of meta questions. They're like, like what we, is it? But we are meeting. But we are meeting. Yeah. But we're not meeting. But we're not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, I think this is this gets into like part part. You know, in, in some ways, we have we've set up for this issue in some ways as uh, perhaps sometimes over limiting the church to uh, purely thinking of it as a gathering, mm-hmm. like a Sunday morning church time where we do worship where we you know take communion what have you and not that that's wrong but we've over limited it in yeah. some ways yeah i mean i think a pastor's pet peeve is and they're always trying to teach the church the church is not a building right and mm-hmm. i think people get that when they're in the building like of course the church isn't a building it's just and then <laughs> everyone loses their building like what is the church I'm like but i've been trying to tell you for 10 years yeah, it's yeah. not a building <laughs> yes and you know uh, the theological word for this is an ecclesiology like a, mm-hmm. a, a, a theological perspective of what the church is and mm-hmm. you know i think all of that's being tested right now right. that's what's being uh tried uh is what is our ecclesiology? What do we really theologically, down to our conviction, fill in our bones and our body, what we believe the church is? Absolutely. And I mean, to answer that question, uh, we we look to the scripture, right? And the Bible is full of a bunch of different metaphors yeah. that describe the church. Um, you know, I, I studied English. I'm an absolute nerd who studied English, <laughs> and I think about metaphors all the time. Um, but, uh, let, let's just talk about this because I think it's a unique thing for there to be a metaphor in the Bible 
to describe an actual thing, like a spiritual reality. Yeah. So Dave, what biblical metaphor, what, what is, what does that mean? Yeah. Metaphors are, uh, they actually structure our understanding of the world. There's a great book called Metaphors We Live By. And in the book, they claim that metaphors change and shape the way we think about something and thus how we live into those things. And he uses a great example of uh, a metaphor uh, of argument as war. They're like, the way we think about arguments is war. So your claims are indefensible or he attacked every weak point in my argument or his criticisms oh, were right on target or I've never won an argument with him or if you mm -hmm. use this strategy, he'll wipe you out, things like that. And they yeah. say that arguments and war are different kinds of things and the actions performed in each are different kinds of actions, but the but argument is particularly structured, understood, performed, and talked about in terms of war in our culture, and thus it shaped our reality of what an argument is. But if we change the metaphor, what if arguments weren't a war? What if they were like a dance? And no one wins or loses, but yeah. it's, a, it's a dance that you're it's performing. A give and with take, some, a flow. Exactly. Yes. And that would change the way we saw we argue, argued with our community group or with our spouse. Like uh -huh. It would completely change. Right now it's like, I completely lost that or whatever. And we're deflated or we feel like we mm -hmm. won, but we feel guilty that we won, you know, or whatever. Oh man. Metaphors shape our reality. So, um, the, the, another thing that they, they kind of point out is time is money, you know, and that's a metaphor, right. but we live, we live by it. We live by this metaphor now because metaphors are not just poetic or make things interesting. They are there, uh, not to simply help us understand something, but we actually live into them. They actually have the power to shape our reality. Mm -hmm. So when the New Testament uses these metaphors, it's not just like, it's kind of like this. And in some ways it shapes the way that we're supposed to see the church. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus uses, and the New Testament uses, all sorts of metaphors. Yeah, I mean, this is exactly why the New Testament uses, yeah, those metaphors of the church is a body, you know, we have one of Christ. We're members with many gifts of one body. It, they're also referred to as a family, um, a building, and a bride. So let's get more into each in depth of what those each signify and mm -hmm. mean. So the church is a body. Yeah, this is a, yeah. a really important metaphor, right? Like Christ yeah. is the head. Yeah. Literally, he's the brain, the head. Yes. Uh -huh. And we're all like parts of it. Some yeah. of us are like parts that uh, Paul writes in First Corinthians. Some parts we kind of cover up. Yeah. But mm -hmm. those are really great parts. Yep. And some parts are like the hand and some parts uh -huh. are like mm -hmm. the feet. Some it's like the mouth, like that sort of thing. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and the head's the head and you you know the head's the most important part. <laughs> yeah. It's just like a person a person without a head is not yeah. alive, right? <laughs> and, and so like we know that uh in order for um the the church then to be uh to be the body of Christ it needs to acknowledge that Christ is the one who's ultimately in charge and yeah. the head of everything and then it makes me think a little bit about um 1 Corinthians 12 where it talks about the body having many members mm -hmm. and in that in that metaphor it's like saying like hey th this body part does this function this body part does that function and uh in in that way these body parts are representing uh the gifts of the spirit yep. right which find expression mm -hmm. in the church, yeah. mm -hmm. right? And so, all together, yeah. and this gets to the mission of the church, yeah. mm -hmm. the mission of the church is to carry on the mission of Jesus in the world through the church as his body. 
you can't hmm. do it individually. It yeah. has to be done together. Okay, so you think of Transformers or Power Rangers or <laughs> yeah. other ones. Like we the all Avengers. To, yeah. Or the Avengers, yeah. yeah. We all come together and we make up one, this mm-hmm. one body that, and this gets into, I mean, I think this metaphor really helps us to think about we all contribute to this church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some people have more upfront roles. Some people have very like outward roles. Some people mm-hmm. have behind the scenes roles, but we all are needed. Yeah, I love that we're like all interconnected. And actually, if you think about it, the body actually can't function unless all the systems are functioning in the correct way That's right. for the purpose. So if one is failing, well, then something else is going to fail in that inner working. So how does this metaphor so. work in COVID? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember hearing um, somebody mentioning, uh, I think, Dave, actually, you mentioned that you were talking to somebody about this, <laughs> and it got back to me. I thought there, it was a, a good point, which is like part of what we do when we come to church is there's an opportunity for people to use their gifts mm-hmm. in the body, yeah. in the body of Christ. So uh, what that practically looked like on a given Sunday morning, you know, pre-COVID, it was like there's so many people with the gift of service, there's people with the gift of teaching, there's people with the, so on, and and they are uh, doing setup for our Sunday morning gathering, and they are teaching our children's uh, Bible studies, and uh, and so on and so forth. We've got people with the gift of hospitality who are welcoming people at the door, and everybody, like if they've identified their gift, have some sort of opportunity to express it in the body, like uh, at the at the Sunday opportunity, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And and I think that's something that's missing right now. And it requires a lot more like uh, imagination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so what was what would using my gift right now to serve the church look like? And I think doing that work is part of uh, the local expression of Jesus. So if you're a part of reality and you still have those gifts, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, because they're gifts. They're gifts from God. He doesn't take them away like they're yours. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not even based on merit or morals. Mm-hmm. Like you could be living it a very immorally and you still have a gift. It's a gift. It's given to you mm-hmm. without any of those sort of thing. You need the spirit and you get a gift. Yeah. You still have those gifts. I think we have to start thinking as a local body, the church, I'm speaking to the church at reality thinking, how do I use my gift of encouragement now? My gift of teaching now, or how do I use whatever mm-hmm. in this for the body of Christ or for my local body of Christ? Yes. And we have to, mm-hmm. I think we have to think more creatively about that. I agree. Jessica, I, I know you brought up um, creativity in this season mm-hmm. being a very interesting, uh, I don't know, layer to this. What do you see in that connection between creativity and thinking of the church as the body right now? Yeah, I think the example of that we no longer get to meet in person with like thousands of our friends and family, <laughs> that we actually have to express the way, like you said, Dave, our gifts in a very different way, which actually has turned for people to discover gifts they may have never had or had to exercise before. Uh, I mean, just some practical examples are people are like, actually, I don't need to wait until Sunday. I think they had this mindset that they were like, I'm only going to exercise my gift on Sunday Mm. in this way at church from, you know, 1030 to 1230. And actually it's expanded to Mm. saying, oh, I'm not limited to just one day. I actually could do this anytime the moment calls for it or anytime that God is prompting me to do it in any way. Like I could be walking down the street, you know, or like thinking of somebody and I'm going to text them or that kind of stuff. So just stories of them being creative of like encouraging or serving or doing something they never thought they would do. Um, That is so good. And in that way, I'm really grateful for this season because like uh, maybe we don't have the same like 
rail tracks that the train's running on that we're used to, the structures that we became accustomed to as our way to express our gifts. We entered into this kind of wide open world where we've had to sort of improvise along the way Mm -hmm. and find out, okay, so if I'm an encouraging person, uh, a person with the gift of encouragement, what does that look like right now? If I'm a person with the gift of prophecy, I can send a text literally at any time whenever I get struck with a word for somebody or something like that. And it doesn't, it's Mm -hmm. not, uh, even though it is really beautiful to have that gathering space as the place to intentionally flex those muscles together, right? Mm -hmm. It can, it's now like uh, diffused and decentralized Mm -hmm. in a a cool way where we can constantly be up to that sort of work as the spirit's prompting it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, to look, I don't want to look at this critically, but one of the ways that we can, maybe look at it in a way that there is some self-criticism, meaning like local body criticism, Mm -hmm. would be if none of those things are happening, were they happening only because you were showing up to a certain spot? Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, you know, the the gathering as we have now is a very modern construct. Like that's not the early church. That's not Mm -hmm. churches through the centuries, you know, that sort of thing. Mm So we got addicted to something that probably was not good for our nourishment. Mm -hmm. Because if we can't be Christians in COVID or the body of Christ in COVID, I mean, this is a really critical way of looking at it, but maybe we were never, you know, I don't know what that, maybe it was something different. It could be revelatory for us, right? It's It's like a look in the mirror, (laughs) right? And like, uh, you know, we, we are we are reaping what we've sown, mm-hmm. right? And if our formation didn't get us to the point where it's a normal thing for us to be in our gifts with the Spirit, cooperating with the Spirit and flexing those in the world, um, honestly, no problem. But like, there's a bit of a wake-up call yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with yeah. that at the same time. Yeah, I think we just need to be mindful of it. Not mm-hmm. that it, it might have the same intensity. Like, I have a gift of teaching, but it doesn't feel like I do right now. I've been talking to a camera it's the worst thing ever (laughs) Um, and but um, I'm using I'm trying to use these gifts in meetings Mm -hmm. one-on-one meetings and Mm -hmm. coaching calls and people emailing in and that sort of thing I've tried to use different ways to Mm -hmm. to flex different muscles you know I think of other people of just gifts of prayer gifts of prophecy seeing those things being used hospitality I've had people in my community group being very Mm -hmm. hospitable right now Um, people Mm -hmm. in the church being very hospitable right now so using these gifts still but in creative ways. Mm-hmm. We've used the word creativity so yeah. much, but I think it's so important. I yeah. think it's the name of the game right now is, yeah. is creativity. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. the invitation yes. to be creative. Yeah. So what about the yeah. church as a building? I mean, kind of a sore spot, <laughs> Jesus. <Yeah. laughs> I mean, I think yeah. you kind of hit on it when you said this might be the moment where we're actually realizing something comes into play where in our formation, we're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, Dave was right, or God was right, that yeah. it isn't a building, right? Right, yeah. Um, Yes, I was just meeting today with uh, a member of our church. His name is Ralph, and uh, I love Ralph. Don't even get me started on how wonderful Ralph is. And he's like, (laughs) I remember this one video. I think it was a Bible project video that we played at church Mm -hmm. on a sermon once. He goes, where it talked about how in the Old Testament there was one temple, and the New Testament we all become like mobile temples, and then we come together to build to make the temple, and it was beautiful. And but we carry the spirit as many temples mm-hmm. all over. And, mm-hmm. and so he reminded me of this, that's literally the picture that the new Testament paints yes. that mm-hmm. we are living stones being built into the house of God. And when we, when we gather, not when we do church, but when the church, when we as Christians gather, 
it becomes a place where God dwells. It mm-hmm. becomes a place where God lives, like think yeah. of tabernacles. So this mm-hmm. could be 12 people, backyard community. This could be, um, this could be um, two people walking in a park. This could be, you know, just being around other Holy Spirit, other temples, mm-hmm. other mini That's temples. Good. There's yeah. something that when it comes together, it becomes this pretty beautiful thing. And to see I the like church that. that way. It's like, what if the church isn't, uh, or what if, uh, yeah, the church isn't made out of stone. It's made out of flesh, right? Like yeah. it's, uh, it's a, it's a building made out of flesh and that's, that's me. That's you. That's yeah. you. Right. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's anybody listening right now. And, uh, and so, and, and that is the, the picture that it we're given, like our bodies are the temple, the worship place for the Holy spirit to dwell in. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and in that way, like we can all like legitimately biblically say, I am the church. You are the church. You are the church. Right. And there's also something extremely special, like how you're saying when that comes together Yeah. and, uh, you know, wonder team, <laughs> you know, <laughs> activated, uh, let's bring this, uh, let's bring this temple together. Right. Temple powers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah. And I think with, with a diffuse kind of digital like thing, um, you know, our, our homes, our, our living rooms right now yeah. mm-hmm. are becoming little, uh, little worship spaces, little mm-hmm. churches, church buildings. And, um, that's, I think what we would all want for our homes to be anyways, is a place where God dwells and lives and worship happens and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that picture. I love that, that idea. And to actually think that, cause I'm guilty of showing up to online church just as kind of bummed as maybe everyone else is. Like I yeah. like kind of gather the family. I'm like, Oh, I don't want to watch myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that really what I sound like? Yeah. And look like? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. Yeah. yeah but I, I get it there, but I know that, um, at that point I could choose to say, this is, this is a, a, a living temple here. This is like mm. a place where God dwells mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm bringing in the presence of God with my other brothers and sisters in Christ that belong to my church mm-hmm. at, the, at the same time. So we could choose it. Yeah. That's elevating. That's elevating. Yeah. That elevates the, the mm-hmm. whole situation for sure. Um, okay. So we've got the body, we've got building. How about the bride? Um, that's a metaphor used to define uh, the church. Mm-hmm. As the bride of Christ, right? That's right. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Ephesians talks about how, um, you know, there's the, the metaphor of husband, wife, Jesus is the husband, and we're the bride. And that metaphor is, um, is the, taken from the Old Testament where when God saved Israel, he married Israel even though Israel was not uh, the most faithful bride but was committed to her in a covenantal way. And that metaphor is used in the New Testament, same thing. I think it has to do with Jesus' commitment to us. Um, and it says uh, that in the new heavens and the new earth, when Jesus comes back, may it be soon, um, we will be presented to Jesus as a beautiful bride and there'll be a wedding feast of us being married to Jesus and mm. we'll be made beautiful like a bride on her wedding. Mm. So. Um, so that's the metaphor there. I think it has to do with yeah. commitment. I think it has to do with Jesus' commitment to us, mm. um, his covenantal commitment. It, it, it actually speaks yeah. to church as a covenantal community, which I don't think we like <laughs> too much. Oh, yeah. 
Um, uh, I could, uh, yeah, I'll confess that one. <laughs> I think you're hitting the nail on the head there. I mean, like, wh- why make promises mm-hmm. to, uh, to be somewhere or do something when you can just see what happens, you know? And, oh, yeah. and, uh, and I think that's part of the, uh, the challenge that's built into this metaphor of marriage, uh, and being the bride of Christ as the church is there is covenantal commitment there. Yep. Yeah. That's the hard one. I think I'm getting, that's I think for me, that's what is been really hard when people left our church in this mm-hmm. season on, uh, or when people move on with a text message or an email, Oh, moving. Um, and you know, and mm. part of me is like, yeah, I get it. Like hundred percent. And if I did the same thing, I think people would be pretty mad. Like, oh, oh yeah. I'm just, I'm moving Hi. now. <laughs> yeah. The staff yeah. would be mad. The elders would be mad. The church, well, you can't just leave. Like if I can't just leave, why can't you just leave? Mm-hmm. That would, that's a very weak view of the body of Christ. That means, oh no, you're more important. That's not true. Mm-hmm. We're all that important mm-hmm. to this church. And yes, I see my commitment to the church and specifically this church as <clears throat> one of covenant. Mm-hmm. That's hard for me. That's really hard, especially right now. I'll yeah. be honest. It's right yeah. now. I'm like, did I really do that? Yeah. I, committed <laughs> to this. I committed. And yeah. I know a lot of marriages are like that right now yeah. too. Like in COVID, like, oh man, I kind of want to leave. I don't want to be committed to this marriage anymore. Mm-hmm. And I believe the right thing to do and noble thing to do is like, we're going to work it out because I made a commitment to you. Mm-hmm. We've made a commitment to one another. It's covenant. It's like a forever till death do you part sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think what this metaphor gets to is the church is like that. I don't think yeah. it is that, but it is like that. You mm-hmm. made a commitment to become a part of a local church and you're in covenant with that church, a covenant commitment with other people. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Yes. <laughs> Jess, I know recently you've been talking to some people who, you know, are, are moving or, you yeah. know, kind of moving on or what, what have you. How does, you know, what's emerged from those conversations with people, uh, especially in light of this idea of church as a, as a bride, um, and making a covenant, uh, in that, what, what, what comes to mind for you? Yeah. Oh gosh. Even the tone of those conversations have been where they actually, the perspective is off a little bit of like, actually, we don't view this as a covenantal commitment. Mm -hmm. I think even with people that I talk to that are not married and single, this still applies to seeing our brothers and sisters in our community, as well as our church as the commitment and loyalty, like you're making Mm. a covenant to Jesus, to the church. And so I think for me, that shapes my, my conversations as a minister and how, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I flat out said, you know, those answers you're giving are not good enough in a very Mm -hmm. loving way Mm -hmm. to say, let's think about this. Let's, if you're open to conversation. Now I've had some that are like the texts that are like, see, yeah, I'm, I don't know when I'm coming back and I'm always just really bummed. And so also as part of that commitment though, too, it's, it's my responsibility to communicate that, to say, this was really hurtful. Like, this is so mm-hmm. hard yeah. that you would, I take this so seriously and you would just, it seems flippant and let's keep talking about it. Let's yeah. keep, um, let's just keep sharing about why we made these decisions, like these decisions, I you know? know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's so, so hard. hard. My, my therapist <laughs> just told me, he said, when you as a pastor or minister make a commitment to point out people's denial and rationalization, be prepared for a fight. 
because oh, people totally. don't like it. Totally. Yeah. People yeah. don't. So if you, if people like, I'll oh, leave. Like, no, I thought we were in commitment together, and you're, you should. Who'd you process this with? And yeah. you know, who are you inviting into? Who are you the inviting process in? Like, wait, no, 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 you can't do that. That's I, I've already made the decision. You, you can't. <laughs> And yeah. you start pressing in and you're like, yeah. oh, you, be, you have to be ready for a fight. Like on our <laughs> end, when we're just like, no, that there's some rationalization in there. And there's yeah. some there's some denial in there of what the church is and the commitment you made. And you're, mm-hmm. you know, like where we've been at and mm-hmm. how we've been there for you in the lowest part of your life or whatever. Sure. You know? yeah. yeah. And I think it's both ways. Yeah. Well, the church is guilty of that yeah. same thing or exactly. the leaders in the church are guilty yeah. of the same thing. And yeah. when people to me point out my own rationalization or denial I don't like it either. Oh yeah, yeah. No one likes no it. No one yeah. likes it. No one yeah. likes it at all. Right. But I guess the the point is like when we are when the when we as leaders are trying to like push into like okay, so then the next church you're going to go to will you make these commitments? Mm-hmm. I think it'd be really good to ask, you know, yeah. even before you get married to yeah. someone like how long have you been committed to a single church? Like I just want to see. I just want to test your covenantal commitment. Just a little. <laughs> how how many no, churches have you been a part exactly of the yeah. last ten years? Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, uh, you know, to kind of get met on this for a minute, like the, there's, in my opinion, in our world, just a crisis of trust, yeah. where we don't know who we can trust right now, mm-hmm. and because of that, it makes it makes like what is truth a slippery question as yeah. well, mm-hmm. right? And so. I, if I were to take that upstream, I think it has to do trust is the result of kept promises, kept vows, kept commitments. I know who I can trust because they do what they say. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, and we're in like a, in integrity with one another when, you know, I can count on them. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so just thinking about how that principle applies to church, right. If there's not enough like promise, promise making promise keeping that is happening vows made to a a church or something like that then we shouldn't be surprised if there's not like a uh the fruit of trust that is Mm -hmm. blooming in a congregation or in our world uh a a, like commitment to truth being central to that as well so i'd say there's like problems downstream if we don't get it right that like we as the bride of christ are in a covenant commitment with with Jesus and with one another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so all these metaphors. Okay. So if someone's listening to this and like super convicted or like has already turned it on <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you're, and your friend, like, yeah. no, keep listening. Keep past yeah, yeah. 30, yes. whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're like a body. Mm-hmm. They're like a building. They're mm-hmm. like a bride, right? It's mm-hmm. like, but there's some ways that the metaphor kind of breaks down. Right. So if someone yeah. leaves, it's not like we don't have an arm anymore and we, <laughs> right. we don't, yeah. we'll never get an arm back. Like, it's yeah. not like that. Or uh, the bride, someone leaves like, oh, they, they got a divorce from the church. It's not, it's not it's like not that. It's not what's going mm-hmm. on, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, so there's ways that the metaphor stops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that leads us to the, the last big metaphor, um, which is uh, the church as a family. And uh, some say that this, is, this one's not actually a metaphor. Mm-hmm. It's like actually the real thing, you know? So um, thinking about the idea of church as family uh, what do both of you see? Like, um, you know, what do we see biblically? What have you seen in your experience of church's family? What's there? Yeah, I would, I would almost agree in some ways that um, the church is not like a family. It is a family. And what people get that from is in, yeah. in Mark and Matthew, both gospels, I have this Matthew 12 talk when Jesus is giving the sermon and 
this, the room is packed. And I'm like, Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. your, your mom and your brothers are outside and they want to talk to you. And Jesus famously says, who are my mother, my brothers, you know, father, sister, all that. He, uh, they who do the will of God. Hmm. And at that moment, it's not a metaphor. Jesus is literally saying, and the way even we talk about God as father and Jesus' son and us uh, being the family of God and Jesus' brothers and sisters, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and us as brothers and sisters, it's, it's almost not a metaphor. It's literally what the church <laughs> is. Yeah. It's a family. Yeah. And the heart, I'm one of my one of favorite guys that helped me think through this. I remember Pete Scazzaro, who did all the emotionally healthy stuff, uh, I had lunch with him in New York once and he said, you know, all pastoring is, is reparenting people into mm-hmm. the family of God mm-hmm. because all they bring all their family of origin crap in it. And I yeah. do. Yeah. I, I'm actually yeah. working through some new stuff now that I didn't even realize totally. that I had in there. It just, um, it's like, an onion. It yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just keep peeling back another layer. Right? Like, yeah. You know, and it just depends on, I wasn't ready for this layer yeah. like five yeah. years ago, yeah. but I apparently, now you COVID, are. Yeah. Now you are. Perfect. Yeah. And, yeah. And, but you're, this is what the church is. Mm-hmm. It's a family. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I think about it. Yeah. I think the first thing that comes to mind is actually along the same lines, but actually like co-heirs, like in Romans eight, he talks about your actual children that are adopted and now mm. you have oh, the inheritance of what Jesus had had. So wow. you are adopted into an actual real family mm. with the same inheritance, rights, privileges, from that, it's kind of like you have a new identity as well. And yeah. so I take this very literal. Like, yeah. I'm like, yes. this is, yes. Like, as a Christian and as someone in a church, like, yeah, these people are my family. So I'm going to conduct myself as if they were my family. I might mm. get in the same fights as if I was <laughs> with the family. Yeah. And right. like you said, family of origin things, like all that stuff plays to how we relate to one another as well as how we relate to God. Yeah. And so, yeah, I take it very literal. <laughs> yeah, and usually, like right yeah. now, my mom... Most people know my mom has stage four cancer and me and my sisters are having conversations mm-hmm. multiple times a week on like the level of care and how mm-hmm. we're going to care for my mom and like all these questions yeah. Yeah. that because we're her kids and she's our family, like we don't get to opt out of this, yeah. you know? Right. And I think the church is kind of like that when one part of the body in the local church, I think we need an expression of this. The church is mm-hmm. a family. So the church in New York, church in Portland, church in uh, Zimbabwe church mm-hmm. in Paris, yeah. mm-hmm. still family, Christian, still family, mm-hmm. our family, but we need a local expression of this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So reality, San Francisco, if you're part of it is your family. It's a local expression of you living this out mm-hmm. in real life. And so if one member is hurting, there's no opting out of that. If it's family, like, Oh, we're committed. This is like getting back to the beginning of COVID, like making sure there's no need among us. Like you don't get to right. opt out of this. Everyone has to, we have to make sure this is true in our church. That is good. And um, man, I think that's true on the local level, but uh, what you said about this kind of global reality of it too, I think is really beautiful. And I got to spend a chunk of time doing missions work in Spain and I just loved meeting Christians in Mm -hmm. Spain. And you know, it's a like uh, Mm post-Christian sort of place. So not everybody's, you know, like (laughs) my brother, you know, uh, hermano, but, uh, but it, uh, it's always the best thing to meet Christians abroad and immediately draw on the the familial connection that we have. And, you know, I, I hear about people just kind of traveling the world, like couch surfing on Christians, uh, you know, uh, you know, in their homes, because it's like, hey, we're family anyways, like we can just share in this. And I think that's one of the beautiful things that uh, comes with it. And now we also at the same time need to localize it, as you're saying, Dave, where... Um, 
the people that we interact with on a regular basis uh, in our church context, uh, you know, community groups or people that you get on prayer calls with or people mm-hmm. that you go to see at communion pop up. These are our family right now. Mm-hmm. And we get to cherish the fact that they're our family and treat it like we have um, we have all been adopted by God and we have all adopted each other yeah. too at the same time. Yeah. And um, I would say one of, I think it's a pretty biblical thing in light of this conversation, but to make a practice of adopting each other, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, uh, like in, you know, my wife, Lindsay and I, we, we have set, had this conversation with one of our friends where it's just like, Hey, look, you're, you're our family, you know, mm-hmm. wherever we go, you can come wherever you are. We'd like to be there. Like, just like, let's be in life together. Right. And let's adopt each other in this way. And, uh, I just think that's like a practice that we, as followers of Jesus, he, he taught us how to do that, yeah. you know, yeah, like bring us into his family so we can do that with one another in a really cool way and be committed to one another in that way. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this is being tested right now in COVID Yeah, because it's hard to know new family. I met some people at communion, communion pop-up last week where, they're very new to San Francisco and very new mm-hmm. to our church and like w- saying, welcome, welcome to our church. And like feeling like obligated to go, I, I ha- we have to be committed to one another, mm-hmm. but yeah. how does that look now? Cause I don't know if I'll see you again, maybe next week, maybe not. I don't know. Like how right. does this all work? And there's no, there's no like family meeting every week where we're all in the same room together, like family meeting. And we're all just kind of yeah. dispersed and we have, it's like me and my sisters that we kind of live in different cities mm-hmm. and how, how do we get these family reunions now and all this stuff in COVID? I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. literally the question that I'm asking. I think most of people are listening might be asking that same question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tune into the reality podcast every time you, know? yeah. <laughs> you get to hear our voices yeah. we get to talk about it. You process it real time. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, very practically, I think some of what participating in our, our church life looks like is, uh, is paying attention to what is going out currently that is in digital expressions, you know, sadly, and, and also with cool opportunities, right? Like, yeah. so uh, it's much better than nothing. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. But like participating in the life of the church on Sunday mornings and doing the YouTube premiere and, and watching that and listening to the podcast and then going to the communion pop-up and, and these kinds of things. And so like part of it has to do with like getting on the same page or and almost like knowing, Oh, I'm, I'm thinking about and praying through similar stuff mm-hmm. as this, this mm-hmm. group of people that I'm, committed to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, even to just know that we're riding the same wavelength in our thinking, mm-hmm. I think is unifying on some level. So, um, yeah. What else, what else practically do y'all think this could look like right now? Yeah. I think this is the invitation to be creative. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, we have, anytime you fill out a card, like somebody, a human person will call you mm-hmm. and connect with you. And usually it is around, I just moved to the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. How do I get connected? And I think it's a great invitation to personally invite people to say, I'm going to be at this communion pop-up. And yeah. I've experienced like those moments that we're all together. They're small groups, but it's 
enough that it isn't as nerve wracking to introduce yourself to a stranger in a really small group. That's so true. So, and I've seen so much organic kind of connections and becoming friends that way where like numbers and information are exchanged, but as well as we do have like this, um, online, you know, like community mixer where people just can kind of connect and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. I think it comes with the creativity, but also the openness that it may not look the way that you want it to look or Mm -hmm. that you thought it should look. Yeah. Um, and so we just always invite people and say, just be open Yeah. Just show up. So the way I think about it, I think about it in terms of leaving right now because yeah. so many people are leaving our mm-hmm. church. Yeah. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. I don't, <laughs> I don't think there are so many people leaving our church. It's just that it's higher than typical. We always right. have people leaving. There's always a churn, right? Yeah. 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 But right now, yeah. People and there's are people coming the in and we haven't seen their faces. Yeah. Yet. No, but there's so many people that are coming in. I'm like, yeah. you just moved here. Uh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. But I'm like, yeah, oh, it's okay, wonderful. Cool. Um, Anyway, so, but I think of it because there are people that are leaving our church for a myriad of reasons, mainly because they're moving out of San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, so I think of it like this. I think of it like you don't perform to stay in a family. So Mm -hmm. you don't leave because like, ah, this church has changed and I don't like it as Mm -hmm. much as I liked it before. Like, well, you're not viewing your church as a family because you don't really do that to your family. You're like, you know, there's a way like of behaving in a family, like, uh, the way this family's behaving right now is not like jiving with me. I don't think this is the way we behave in the family of God. That's that's a great conversation to have, even yeah. like with mm-hmm. leaders and elders. Like mm-hmm. the way the elders are acting and the way that the the staff is acting, I don't think that's becoming of like the family of God. I'd love yeah. to have that conversation if you, if people feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just the leaders that say that to the church, but the church can say that to the leaders as well. It's like that's mm-hmm. kind of yeah. how family runs, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but when it's like. When, it, when church turns into perform, performative, like, well, the church isn't doing X right now. So I'm not going to this church. Anymore. I'm going to that church. Like, oh, you don't see the church as a family. You see the church as you like it for X, Y, and Z. It's goods and mm-hmm. services, it's right? It's goods yeah. and services. Yeah. And these goods and services are no longer meeting my expectations. So I'm, that is not a family to me. And even when people leave, and I don't think it's a noble thing when people go like, hey, I just, yeah, I just moved. I started coming to your church because I really like it, but I'm from this other church and I grew up in, I never go cool. I'm like, Oh, that's sad. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think you should go back to this church and we won't be cool for that long. Promise yeah. you we're all aging. Yeah. Yeah. There's always going to be a cooler church. There's always a cooler yeah. church out yeah. there. So don't move to this church because it's cool. <laughs> right. Yeah. Move to it. Cause I, I want to, you know, I feel called here and I mm. talked to my other pastor and he sent me his blessing and I have a letter of, commendation from him saying <laughs> or her saying yeah. here i am going yeah. uh, i can come here and be a part of the mission here like mm-hmm. that sort of thing you know yeah mm-hmm. so i just think family like that like i know it's almost close to impossible mm-hmm. but i i really have yeah. that standard and if if i get drill this into people's minds and they finally it finally clicks for them at their next church mm-hmm. I'll, I'll still feel mm-hmm. accomplished yeah. But if they go for the rest of their <laughs> lives and they don't think of church as a family, I feel like yeah. part of what I'm put on this earth to do has failed. Like I want people mm-hmm. to get the church is your family. Yeah, that's good. And I mean, that's, that's part of our, our responsibility as pastors and ministers is to hold up the biblical ideal, right? Yeah. Knowing full well, we're not going to do that perfectly. Then we're going to need a lot of grace but to continuously put in front of us, hey, here's the bullseye. This is this is smack dab in the middle of what God's intention for this whole thing is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that we can keep that in view and not lose focus of it. 
Um, and one way really, again, really practically about church's family right now, uh, practically, I think it looks like we have a, a church rule of life that we are holding to as a community, uh, focused around daily reading of scripture, mm-hmm. um, weekly fasting and weekly Sabbath keeping. And, uh, first of all, I love doing this. <laughs> it's the hardest one for you. Hardest one for me is, uh, Sabbath. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just, I just oh, want to keep doing things yeah. constantly. Yeah. It's hard totally. for me to not, yeah. um, not to like, honestly, wake up, wake up Saturday morning, which is our, our Sabbath day while Lindsay's still asleep. And then me just start doing like whatever, yeah. you know, <laughs> totally. activity or whatever. So, um, that's the hardest one for me. Jess, what's the hardest one? I love asking oh, people this question. Oh man. Uh, honestly, I think it's been fasting only because I've been doing it like the level up version of being like oh, all day for 24 yeah. hours. And I'm like, I am so hungry. Like, and then everything I'm like, these are the wrong, th- like wrong stores to walk past on my way home from the office. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Like I can smell. Like, yeah. What do you burgers. have walking down the street? Oh, oh yeah. my God. Bread, burgers, oh my gosh. you know, all the yeah. good things, vegetables. <laughs> Vegetables. Gotta love the smell of vegetables. I'm never right. tempted <laughs> by that. Okay, I love it. Well, how about you, Dave? What's your fasting? A hundred percent fasting. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's been. I, I had a really good rhythm of fasting from last year, started making a commitment all the way up to COVID, and was like, mm, you know, what is Wednesday? Anyway? Yeah, keep <laughs> my feelings, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. And then now, now starting it again. Oh man, it is. It's, it's so hard. It's been so hard. Yeah. So. It is. Yeah. It is. It's hard. To, uh, you know, I think each of us is going to have a flavor that's bitter for us, you know, a little bit, but also we'll learn to love it because bitterness is just a flavor. That's like, you want a little bit of bitterness in your food to balance out the flavor. And uh, you learn to love it. This is a metaphor that's not landing as well as the biblical metaphors <laughs> I'm, for I'm church. You look like your faces <laughs> I know, right? No. All right. Hey, you know, this is just yeah. my taste, I okay. suppose. But, uh, but anyways, what, what I want to say about rule of life is just, uh, in a in kind of like a decentralized you know situation that we're in right now, uh, for us to keep a rule of life together as a church, also brings unity yeah. in a special way. Yeah. And I don't know how many people I've I've talked to in our church on these like random phone mm-hmm. calls that we make to people in our mm-hmm. church or what have you, or seeing people at communion pop ups. We're like, oh yeah, um, like the bread reading for this day is what really got me. And I'm like, oh that 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 part was really good. You know, like thanks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, who knew that first Thessalonians was going to be a great book for our church to read through right now. Right. So and, um, and just to know that we're, we're on the same page about it and we yep. get to read it. You I've know? been loving that too. I'm really not surprised. Well, maybe like, <laughs> um, pleasantly surprised on how many people in our church are committed to this mm-hmm. rule of life. I love it. Like yeah. there are a lot of people that like, yeah, I'm doing it and I'm seeing, I thank you for it. Thank you for the fruit of it. You know, yes. so it's cool. Yeah. yeah. And I agree. Is. That is a very practical way of being a part of the church. Mm-hmm. Well, as we're wrapping up uh, for either of you, any just kind of final words of encouragement for our church to be the church right now, what would you just really want to infuse uh, into the life of our body? I would say uh, if going in into COVID and since COVID you moved here, you are, you are part of this church and this family and, uh, what we do as a staff and elders and pastors and ministers, um, we spend time praying and thinking of creative ways to pastor and minister to you. And um, you you are part of our family, and we feel that deeply. Mm-hmm. And when you hurt, we hurt. Um, when you are, when we get an email or a phone call or whatever, that's encouraging. We're so encouraged. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're, you are 
a part of this family. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, I would say to everyone that you are always on our mind, like always on our hearts, always in our conversation. And I think I would encourage you that this is the moment to ask God of how to be bold and also how to be faithful, Mm. like practice faithfulness in Mm. whatever way or opportunity the spirit presents to you Mm. each day, like be faithful Mm. and wholehearted with that too. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And then I'll just one up all of our encouragements around creativity right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a unique time. I believe God is expanding mm-hmm. our capacity for creativity mm-hmm. as a church. And he's, he's like almost like challenging us to be inventive, yeah. have imagination. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, the, it's permission granted season mm-hmm. where like, if you're imagining what church can look like right now and you want to start that prayer call with people and you want to do this or that, mm-hmm. like you get to, you get to do that yeah. right now yeah. and, um, you know, build up the family, build up the body of Christ, use your gifts in service to one another and it'll be great. And, um, yeah. And just kind of in closing here, the next episode that we're going to be releasing later this week is going to be a conversation with Dave. Dave, you want to speak to that? Yeah. So, um, my hope is I'll be talking with a couple pastor friends of mine, uh, that I, we're going to talk about how to leave a church. How do you leave a church and leave it well? Um, that's what, basically that's it. I, okay. I'm like dramatic pause. Yeah. I'm thinking yeah. like, How what do else do I give away? I'm not, I'm not going to just have to wait. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No giveaways. No giveaway. Everybody will have Gotta to listen, listen in. Yeah. Well, uh, love talking to both of you as usual. Thank you. And uh, bless everybody who's listening. Take care. And we will talk to you again soon.